welcome back. It's episode five of the Good Gossip Podcast. We once again have a guest in studio. I'm Todd Revis. I'm Melissa Elizondo. And this is Daryl Wood. It is. Daryl Wood is such a great friend of ours, and he is just in town for a couple days. You see, Daryl is a missionary. He's devoted his life to just following what God wants him to do, and God told him to go to Costa Rica. And he studied Spanish, and he studied some more seminary stuff, and then now he and his daughter Presley are going to leave Tuesday to go to Kenya. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be in Kenya for a couple of months, and then... What's after Kenya? Back to Costa Rica for three or four months. We've got a few ministries we're helping kind of solidify the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in September, Presley will head to a uh, nine-month intensive Bible school. Mm-hmm. And In I, a really horrible place. Yeah, yeah we heard it's pretty bad. Kona, Hawaii. It, when you said, <laughs> said Daryl's following the will of God, and God sent him to Costa Rica. I can just hear people like, oh, yeah, oh really. sure. That's where God sent him. But he did. He did, because I was trying to go to Colombia or Nicaragua or Argentina or Chile or Peru, and God would not let me go. He kept closing doors. I remember the Peru thing, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we, were, we were talking to you right before you left, and, and just two weeks before you left, we met at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. and you met somebody at the coffee shop that met somebody from Peru, mm-hmm. and it was just, it's interesting how yeah. all that played out. G.F. Watkins, yeah. Pastor G.F. Watkins, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Gotta so, do. tell me about where you just left in Costa Rica, because it's yeah. not like you're on the beach. I mean, you're doing something kind of cool, sure. and you mentioned mm-hmm. it to me. I want you to share. Yeah, so it's through an organization called YWAM, and we live on a base that's north of San Jose, about thirty minutes. It's up about five thousand five thousand feet uh, altitude, and it's a group of missionaries. You know, we sleep about. 75 max right now we're at about 30 because of covid Mm -hmm. and it's just ministry training Um, you get a lot of the word of god we learn a lot of bible but we also it's a um uh what's it called like a commune like a farm (laughs) i don't think that's it sounds cultish we have no kool-aid there's no kool-aid there's only one man and all women (laughs) it's a it's a um uh, you know, uh, agricultural. Oh. It's an agricultural training center yeah. where we, we we focus on renewable resources. For instance, we're going to Kenya. What doesn't Kenya have? A lot of rain, and so they need to eat even in the dry season. Okay. So we learn different techniques where you can you can grow produce, you can farm with a tenth of the water. Wow. Mm. So yeah, so we're learning the word. We're also learning real world stuff because we believe the church needs to go out and, and integrate into the community. Yeah, I know you're hungry. Here's Jesus. Instead of yeah. like serving them right. and teaching them how, how to fish and teaching them how to, how to do sure. the things that you're learning, um, you're bringing more value. Well, think them. about this, bro. Think about being born in Kenya. It's got a 6% child mortality rate. And, and you're 35 and, I don't know, your friends have AIDS. You've seen people die from AIDS. Uh, your mom's died from AIDS, genital mutilation all over the place. And then you go and you say, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Yeah. What do you think that, pe- that person would be like, what? Who's this God? And he's slapping me in the face right now. He you're slapping me. me in the face because <laughs> you're rich. You're from America. You're rich. But if I can show you how to get food. And when you thank me, I say, well, let me tell you a story. That can touch people's heart. 
Yeah. All right, so let's back up. <laughs> back up. We're already way down. Yeah. Okay. Six years ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about that. So you've always uh, been very knowledgeable of money, how to make money. Mm -hmm. uh, you did real estate investment for a long time. Then you opened up a brokerage. And, and so your path was this one way. Mm -hmm. And six years ago, something changed. Yeah. And I really want this episode to be about just following your path figuring out what your destiny is. And so let's talk about how this destiny came about, where you were and... First of all, you're so good at keeping us on That was task. beautiful, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And then was you ruined beautiful. it. Thank anyway. God we have a female, because we would have been off. We just been bad. Yeah, yeah we'd be talking about so golf So the Astros, next. no hitter, the Masters yeah. tournament, Jordan Spieth. Like, Back nine, Daryl. Yeah. Back nine, Daryl. That's right, bro. Like, inside uh, jokes. This inside is what I deal with. We'll see if it fits. <laughs> Yeah, so um, when I was 19, I got into business for myself. I never wanted to have a boss. I didn't. Um, I thought independence, you know, I was from Texas. Being independent was the pinnacle of, you know, being rich and independent, of course. Yeah. Well, it always comes together. You don't want to be poor and independent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I set my life out to making money. I remember telling Mercy um, that if I was going to be an allic, right, I didn't want to be a drug addict. I, I wanted to be an addict of something but something good. And I said, if I'm going to be an all, like I'm going to be a workaholic, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to, I mean, I did, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Unfortunately point is I decided to be a workaholic and I went to work. I was an atheist. I professed atheism. <clears throat> there was no God. Christians were weak. And I was sitting exactly six years ago today. I was sitting in my living room on 2063 Western Pecan watching the masters golf tournament. God encountered me. God encountered you. God encountered me. God encountered me. And I knew it was God, and he, he had to encounter me three times because I was so hard-headed. But I knew for a fact that God was real. And Were you going to church yet? I wasn't going to church. Um, God So I was scrolling through Facebook, and Robert Smith had checked in at New Generations Fellowship. And I had met Robert Smith a, a week before. He was given a, a seminar on home inspections. Home inspections. I, I had a visceral reaction. I hated the guy. V physically, I swear, I hated this guy. It was like nails on a chalkboard when he talked. No joke. I hated this guy. So it's not that way anymore? No, I love him to death. He's my brother, man. He, he took me to, to New Generations. He's awesome. We He's an amazing had, man. We just had lunch and Robert yeah. was there. And he was there. Amazing yeah. man. He's and still, I've told this story so many funny. times. He's so funny. He is. But... He's not, I want to be the biggest personality in the room. And he was, and I'm like, who, the, who do you think you are? This is my business. Anyway, that's not real. But, but the point is I hated him. I, I really, I hated this guy. I had this reaction. And then he pops up on my Facebook, checking into NGF. And immediately I felt the beam of light. It was hot. And, I, and God said, you need to go to that church. And I said, God, why would you work through that guy? <laughs> And so I start to, I, I get up off the couch and I'm, I'm kind of walking around. I'm, a, I'm a, in a little bit of a daze and I'm thinking, God, why would you work to that guy? I hate that guy. And then all of a sudden I said, I'm talking to God. <laughs> I'm talking to God. There is a God and I'm talking to him. Wow. And there was no doubt. So anyway, so I talked to myself out of it. You know, as I, as I talk, like we lose our faith very quickly. Yeah. And I talked to myself out of it. And about 10 minutes later, I'm scrolling through Facebook and the same exact thing happens, except it's more intense. So this time I get up, I yell upstairs to my kids, hey, we're going to NG, New Generations Fellowship. Uh, it starts in 45 minutes. Well, by the time I got to the shower, I remember reaching for the shower and going to turn it on and saying, that didn't really happen. I thought for a second, I went back to the couch. Ah, don't worry about it, we're not going. 
And about 20 minutes later, scrolling through Facebook again, it's about 11 o'clock, service starts at 11.30. The third time, I see Robert Smith's post, intense beam of light. I jumped off the couch, literal, this is not, not figurative. I jumped off the couch and yelled, we're going, jumped in the shower, and 20 minutes later, we were walking into New Generations Fellowship, where I firsthand witnessed the love of God through the greeters. So if you're a church greeter, church greeters changed my life. I felt the love of God in their hugs. I saw the love of God in their eyes. It was as if God had prepared them to wait for my family. They had they laid out the red carpet for these strangers who were coming. I didn't know anybody in that church. And then after Joe Tostado, the pastor of the church, comes up to me and he said, God highlighted you for me. He told me to take care of you. And my life changed. I started following God. I started seeking God. I started trying to learn everything I could about God. Uh, God started, you know, molding me and sanctifying me and taking all these, these lies that the world has told me that I've ingested for all these years. He started disassembling them and he had to disassemble them so he could put them back together. He could put me back together as a person. And it took about a year. For a year, I was as depressed as anybody has. I mean, I was so depressed. I remember laying on the couch. Joe would communicate with me uh, several times a week, sending me books, sending me scripture, saying, I'm praying for you, just calling me, coming by. As I was laying on the couch one time, I said, I looked up and I said, God, if this is all you have for me as a punishment for me living 38 years preaching against you, I'll take it. But I'll never, ever, I'll never take my eyes off you again, ever. I'll always keep my eyes on you, even if it's from this couch. That's and, remarkable. And then did he say, you're going to deny me three times before the, <laughs> no. before the rooster crows? No. But no. I think that's a remarkable part of your story that I hope you'll never stop telling. And that's the immediate depression, the yeah. attack that you were under, whatever you want to call it, that, sure. that you couldn't get off the couch. And that's not a very productive Christian. Mm-hmm. That's not, you weren't out there slaying dragons. You were a big baby and yeah. having emotional mm-hmm. issues. And, um, but somehow you made it through that. And I just appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate yeah. you telling that part because I think it's, you know, Nancy and I were, my wife and I were talking about this the other night about my post on our anniversary when I talked about punching walls and mm-hmm. no one sees, we don't take selfies of that and yeah. put it on Facebook. So we get to see a highlight reel. And I don't want to hear a highlight reel. I want to hear, I want to hear what's real. And, and that part of it's real and people can identify with that. Mm-hmm. That not every Christian's got, you know, a lollipop and skipping down the street. Right. Yeah. So how long from when you went to church before we started working together? Uh, yeah, maybe two years. Okay. I was just at the beginning of, of House Hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we started working together in a, in a, you were consulting me. Yeah, yeah. But, but we weren't working together as a partnership. Yeah. Um, so you and Isaac came along maybe a year later. Okay. Uh, six months. I don't. My timelines are always yeah. horrible. Yeah, me too. I say this yeah, happened last week. It's like six years ago. Yeah. And you're like the so, other day. And yeah. I don't day. remember the first day we met. Yeah. I do remember you wanting to have lunch and talk about mm-hmm. business, and and I was going through the Buffini stuff, and and I, what mm-hmm. I was saying before off camera when we got to Macadoo's, like. I was on fire. It's like I had just been to yeah. Sunday school, but like sales Sunday school. And so I, yeah. I've talked to the, I think I talked for like an hour straight and Scott was probably just sitting back there going, why am I here? <laughs> that part hasn't changed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I was just like, and you went and bought Buffini that, that day. Yeah. And so teach me how to do this. I love it. That's yeah, a part, that's a fun part of the story for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you, when you and I met, you were still mm-hmm. on this journey. 
I don't think you even got baptized until after we were working together, if I remember correctly. I got baptized in June of 15. Okay, I, we started working together after. in October of 16, okay. so it, it was a little while later. You were still with Bliss. I remember okay. one time you were sharing your your uh, what you're wanting for your real estate mm -hmm. career with me, and then we got to talking about God for some reason, and then I asked you if I could pray for you. Mm -hmm. And at mm -hmm. that point, you were like, yeah, nobody had ever done that in a yeah. work setting before. And so we prayed at your cubicle, mm -hmm. and uh, then I went on about my way. But later on, you ended up calling me and offering me a, a job to come work mm -hmm. with y'all and get you, get House Hunters opened. And here's what I loved. We just talked about this, too. <laughs> that was my favorite time in life. We would go to work, eight-hour workday. This is what it looked like. We'd go in first thing in the morning, and we would start making our phone calls, get the business done, check on the contracts, check with lenders, and that took about three and a half, four hours. And then we spent the next four hours talking about God and life and the kids and family and just mm -hmm. life. And we just had great conversations. Yeah. They were very deep. Uh, they were life changing. And you helped me kind of get back on my feet. Because at that point, I had already, my business had been closed for a couple of years. I filed for bankruptcy. I lost everything and I had to rebuild. And so you were my financial, uh, yeah. you know, lighthouse. Yeah, <laughs> You sure. were really yeah. helping me. Uh, I had, I downsized, moved out of the house, mm -hmm. went into an apartment, saved $700 a month, you know, like you helped me make all these great financial decisions. And during that journey, you were always struggling with God and money. Mm -hmm. So mm. let's talk about that for a minute. Mm. <laughs> God and money, because he took you from what, like you were here, mm -hmm. this is my destiny. And God's saying, I want you to go to Costa Rica or I want you to go do Dominican missionary work. Republic I want you yeah. to do something. And you knew that conversation was happening mm -hmm. and you were really struggling through that. So what did that look like? What was that conversation? Can you feel my face getting red? Yeah. Because this is probably, I mean, see, <laughs> you can lights. feel it. I can feel it. This is probably the most difficult uh, conversation. I don't speak about this a lot. And so way I'm, for me to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and be as uh, I will be as transparent as I can. Um, so I think I had a false sense of destiny. Um, you know, I, I didn't know there was a God. And so I didn't spend any time getting to know God until I knew there was a God. And then I was behind the eight ball and I had to chase this knowledge of God to have a relationship with this person. And, uh, so as I was doing that, I, so immediately my, I felt empty upon knowing there was a God because I hadn't built any godly things up. It was all worldly things. And so I felt empty and I, I was unsatisfied with the worldly riches that I had created that had satisfied me before, mm -hmm. that I thought had satisfied me before. Uh, so the question is, I didn't know I had a destiny, so to speak. I thought that was something that... that uh, you created. Yeah, like Mel Gibson on Braveheart, like that was his destiny, but I wasn't destined to be a great man like that. I was just destined to make a lot of money and treat people good. Well, as I'm learning about God, I'm starting to I'm starting to realize that God speaks and he was speaking to me. And so, you know, I and I was I was just searching and seeking and one day I mean, you're right. I was empty because I was chasing this God, but I wasn't living that way. It was kind of like the rich young ruler. Jesus had said, this is the way. And I turned and I was sad. And thank God that he is so faithful that he kept coming because he kept telling me and kept telling me and kept telling me. And one day I was sitting at the offices about 11 o'clock on San Antonio Street. Mm -hmm. And God said, go home and read Ecclesiastes. Clear as day. 
And I got up, I said, I'll see you in a little bit. And I went home and I went in my, the back corner of my yard where I prayed and meditated. And I read Ecclesiastes and when I was done, I looked up and I said, I understand what you're telling me. And I went back that day. And uh, I went back that day and told you guys that I was done. God was calling me out. Mm-hmm. And, and I no longer cared about anything except chasing Jesus. <laughs> And, Which was uh, crazy because mm. you were at the top of your real yeah. estate brokerage game. Like you so much. were dominating it. You had a, a place on the map. Yeah. Worldly wise, mm-hmm. you were there. Was right. there. You arrived worldly wise. Exactly the vision that I had projected for my business, I was living every day. Exactly. We had a boutique real estate business of people who loved each other. We were big in the community. We were making money hand over fist. We had a great office. I was able to take vacations all the time and work 85 hours a week. I mean, we loved work. It was, it was perfect. And God called me out of that and I could do nothing. See, a lot of people will, will say, man, it's amazing. Look at what you're doing. Look at this. And I'm like, I didn't have a choice. I did not have a choice. I would either be miserable chasing the world or I would be fulfilled chasing God. It's a no-brainer. I knew God was speaking to me. There's no doubt about it. God will speak to everybody. God does speak to everybody. Okay, so you started hearing this path laid before mm-hmm. you. What did that look like? Because I know you went to seminary, then yeah. then to Costa Rica, and now mm-hmm. you're going to Kenya, and you just have yeah. so where so you decided one day, God's saying this is the path. I'm finally going to listen. What next? What yeah. happened next? Well, I knew I had to honor my obligations. I was married at the time. I had employees, you were working. And, uh, and so I knew I had to honor my obligations. Uh, Mercy wanted to keep the business. And so I, as a godly thing, I had to train. I had to train her. Um, it would not have been godly for me to say, God's calling me to this, see you later. Good luck. And not set them up <clears throat> yeah. for success. Exactly. Yeah. And so I believe God honored that, that faith, that obedience from me. Um, and, and I just began searching and ended up, ended up going to Moody Bible Institute online. Mm-hmm. And Mercy was gracious enough to, you know, as I trained her, as she got more knowledgeable in the business, I had more time to go to online school. And Mercy, Mercy was gracious enough to, to work hard, hard, you know, for the both of us. And we tried to, uh, we tried to save our marriage. We went to counselors. We went to our pastor uh, three, four times a week. And, uh, and that didn't work out, but I was definitely called to Moody and I was thinking, I'm just going to get a bachelor's degree in ministry and it'll give me the opportunity to, to see what else God has for me. But I was praying and meditating and fasting. There's a book called uh, Celebration of Spiritual Disciplines by Richard Foster. Everybody should read it. I was doing all those things. I was taking a bath in the river. I wasn't even using the shower because it was a way to communicate with God. I would take my soap, I'd go get in the river, I'd look around, there was nobody there, take my clothes off, <laughs> in the river, and then I'd across see around the your corner. House? What? By your across house? Across Then I would see around the corner, some tubers would come and say, oh, I, gotta, I better hurry up. Everybody thought that's, I was crazy. That's in the Bible. <laughs> that's in the Bible, yeah. But you I know, would spend, oh, I'm sorry. Well, uh, just, so I would spend sometimes all day, eight or 10 hours, underneath those pecan trees by the river, just looking up, watching the squirrels run at the trees that were a couple hundred feet tall, however tall they are, and just talking to God. And he was, I was, I was forming my relationship with God. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, before I was done with, with my bachelor's degree, he called me to seminary and ended up in seminary. And it's just truly one step of faith. Yeah, so we got the privilege of hearing you preach this morning at yeah. Joe Tostado's Amen. church. Six years from the day that you walked in yeah, there the first time. Yeah. Uh, those are not coincidences, by the mm -hmm. way. And you said a lot of times we have this dream or you think that you know how it's supposed to go mm -hmm. and you get overwhelmed with how do I get there from here? But a lot of times it is not. That's how I interpreted it sure. anyway. Yeah, no. It is one step at one a time. Step at I always say, um, what is it? You can't move a parked car. Just start moving in the direction right. you think you're supposed to be going. And so far in my life, specifically, 100% of the time, God has changed the direction on mm -hmm. me. I think I'm supposed to go here and he brings somebody else in with a message or an opportunity or a door opens and you... And I know that that's where he's wanting me to go based on, you know, you, you did a good, counsel. a good job of explaining that today and different analogies, um, you know, eating the elephant one bite at a time, um, a 10,000 mile journey starts with one step and you're not ready for six steps from yeah. now. I love that. Yeah. You know, you're not ready to lift yeah. 200 pounds because you haven't learned how to lift a hundred. Yeah. And, and so you've got to lift a hundred, then 110, 120. And you, I love it. You're not ready for six steps from now. And so it, it takes the pressure off of me yeah, to know sure. that I can just go one step and then, then it, he will illum illuminate the next step, right? And then, oh, that, that's easier now yeah. because I already took that first step. And yeah. Would I be wrong to say that you just have to go in with your hands open yeah. and your mind open and your willingness to say, whatever you put in front of me today, Lord, I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna be obedient. And I'm just going to follow that path. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be if you want to be godly, you wouldn't be wrong. Certainly, you you go in empty-handed. You leave empty-handed. You know, I, it's funny as you were talking, I was thinking. You know, I, I talked a little bit about King David today, and I was mm -hmm. thinking. So David is out there in the pasture, and he's singing to God, and and he's fighting off lions and bears, and he, you know, I wonder if he thought. Man, when I grow up, I'm going to have the biggest flock of sheep in the world, right? Yeah. Like, what was his goal? Yeah, yeah, was that his goal? And then he, God tells him, no, you're a king, right? After he, after he fights the Philistine and God tells him you're a king, he's like, but look, Saul is the king and he's throwing spears. Like, so he had what he thought was his destiny. And it obviously what He thought as big as he could think. Thought as big as he could think. That's good. One step at a time. And then he got to this king destiny and it wasn't realized yet. So we never know. We never know, but we do know our next step. It's always a little bit. We ought to do that. Like if you ever do like a, I don't know, a seminar or something, you could do like write your biggest, yeah. biggest goal now based on what you know, and then revisit that like in a time sure. capsule. Revisit that five yeah, years from now. Say, Remember when I wanted to just was. do this? Yeah, right? <laughs> and that's all I wanted. Like, so, so far from there. I just wanted a real estate business that I was making, you know, 50 grand a month and I could take vacations and I wanted people that I, that I liked to work with. That's what I wanted. That was my finite goal. And now I'm in between, I'm coming from Costa Rica, headed to Kenya, where I'm truly saving souls. I'm truly helping people eat. How much I saw bigger? you today and you came up to me and we hugged and you're crying. Mm -hmm. And I always know the Holy Spirit's around when we cry. I just got and, emotional. Or did I interrupt you? Go. Well, and you said to me, can you believe it? Yeah. Can you and believe I said, it? no. Well, actually, yes, because I'm seeing it. So... Yeah. I just realized yeah. one of the things I love about this podcast, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, I'm probably going to get You're going to cry. You're going to cry, aren't you? Dang it. There's a tissue. <laughs> so 
I have a lot of people that, I have people in my life like Daryl that, and like you, that are mentors to me, spiritual mentors, work mentors, life mentors. And I have all these other people that are like that, but y'all have never met them. Whether I sing with them, whether I used to go to church with them, whether I currently go to church with them, whether I'm married to them, whether I'm... A, a, I haven't met her. Yeah, like a, I've got some amazing brothers that you've never met. And, and it's like I've always, wanted, I've always wanted you to meet one of my brothers. And I've always wanted you to meet my pastor. He's a huge Astros fan. <laughs> and y'all are so much alike. And, I, and I, when I told him we were doing this today, he said, oh, the guy you wanted me to meet. And I said, yeah, he gets to meet you. Yeah. Because yeah. of this. Yeah. So now forever I have this video of, okay, you may not ever meet him, but here's the, a snapshot of him. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. I think that for, cool. for me, getting our favorite people on the podcast and because we know your stories, sure. and, you know, and, and we tell your story to other people. Yeah. So we meet somebody else who's struggling with something or needs an or insight and we're like, oh. My friend Daryl had that happen, mm -hmm. and this is how he got through it. And I'm telling them, but this can reach a, a wider audience. And the thing is, it's just a seed. It's like it's not mm -hmm. our job to water it. It's it's our job to just plant the seed and let it be. And what it does for somebody is completely different. Like I said earlier, your sermon today was meant for me, but mm -hmm. how many people said mm -hmm. that, that and got a different me. nugget out yeah. of it? Well, and the other thing is, this is our first, like podcast about God like we that's yeah. not we're not trying to be that necessarily but it's but it's how can we you are. we can't it's compartmentalize DNA. yeah it's mm -hmm. God is part of every part of my life he's he's in my marriage he's in my business he's in my friendships he's in my podcast mm -hmm. doesn't mean every every you know doesn't mean everything I do I'm, I'm going to watch golf when I get home yeah. that has nothing to do with God yeah. unless he can please help speed win but <clears throat> that would be weird because he won six years ago. So the day you preached and Spieth won, he went wire to wire in 2015, won the Masters Championship for all you care. And he's he's in the hunt today. I, don't tell me because I'm going to record it, but they're playing <laughs> right now, so who knows? You anyway. will know after this one airs. <laughs> oh, that's were. right. It's a week from now. So yeah, it's a week from now. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so the nugget I want people to get out of this is that there is a destiny. And mm -hmm. if you're just walking around doing, working hard because you're just trying to make money to support your family, I get that that feels like that's all you can do right now. But know that there are so many times when somebody is put in front of you and it is your responsibility to be present with that person in whatever it is they need or whatever it is you need or whatever. Because I feel like God wants us to connect with him by loving each other and providing for each other and having this village yeah. mentality. And you said today in your sermon, we go around acting like we're independent and we were never made to be independent. Mm -hmm. And I believe that 100%. We are made to be interdependent and we can only get so far in this life alone. We need other people to come alongside mm -hmm. us and carry our mats for a time or carry somebody else's mat for a time. And so I wanted, I want people to hear that and what you're saying about your destiny and you still don't know what the end results are sure, going to be. Yeah. You're just yeah. going doors open. I'm walking through it. Yeah. It's funny that we're chasing, right? We, we want to stay in the will of God. God has a purpose for us, right? The Bible tells us we, we were made for specific works for good works. We were made a certain way for these works. So we have a destiny given to us by God. 
and we don't really know it until we're in it. And we say, oh, look at this, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes God highlights things for our future, but it's not our destiny necessarily. Like when King David went to fight the Philistine, he didn't have the king destiny. No? There, was, there wasn't one destiny. So it, right. I think yeah, that maybe we, you know, That's a good point. it's like the whole will of God thing too. Yeah. Um, like we, I want to make sure I'm in doing God's will. Mm -hmm. Like there's that's this ultimate will of God right. that you're going to land on. Sure. And that I think that's been debated or mm -hmm. whether that's a continuous process right. of being in the will of God, being obedient, um, serving, trying to be like Jesus. Then if you're doing that, then you're in the smack dab in the sure. will. Um, but for his principle, or I'm sorry, destiny goes, um, there may be 14 million destinies for me between now and the last breath I take. Yeah, I think you have a destiny each second, each day, right? They build on, they, they build on each other as we build our faith and perseverance. Um, we build our relationship to God. And if anybody's out there that doesn't think that's true, it's true. God's logical and reasonable. He's rational. His existence is. Sci everything points to God. When you, we were talking about the, uh, the Masters Golf Tournament, God's in that. He's in that. He's in everything. He was in, he was in when I preached atheism. God was in that. That proved God, as a matter of fact. You can find God everywhere. There's nowhere he's not. And so our destiny is each day to walk in the will of God. And, and for sure, that's, that's our goal. That's our striving. And if, if you and I were to sit here and have a doctrinal difference on, do I have one destiny or does God give me a second chance at my destiny? Can I miss my destiny? That would cause a schism between two brothers in Christ or you know, children of Christ that are secondary issues, things that haven't been revealed. We know God made us for a purpose. We know we're fearfully and wonderful made. We know God talks to us. We know we should listen to God. We know God tells us what to do. We know God establishes our feet. We know he was, we were created for good works. We know we need to love our neighbor. We know we need to be interdependent. We know we need to go to church and keep meeting with believers. We know we need to feed the, feed the hungry. We know we need to clothe the, the, the cold. We know we need to take care of the orphans and the widows, right? We know we need to wipe the tears off people's eyes. And it's so important, Melissa, when you said, we need other people to carry our mats. We do, but we're also made to carry people's mats, like you said. Certainly, we should always be learning, and at the same time, we should always be teaching. If we're not doing both of those things, if we're not loving and being loved, we don't, we don't sit in the tension between those two things. That's where God is, is in the tension. We just fall to one side and we lose out on this, this you know, complicated being. You know, if you want to talk about spirit and souls and body and what are we living in at what time, we are complex and complicated beings led by the creator of everything that was, is, and is to come. This life is being so designed and it's so specially tuned that you can't deny the existence of God. And if God created everything from nothing, then God's, is God inefficient? He created me, which means I have a purpose. If I didn't have a purpose, God would be inefficient. We know he's not. So let's also clarify that we're not saying being wealthy or owning real estate or working mm -hmm. is bad sure. at yeah. all. That that is all part of this interwoven plan that he yeah. has. Work is worship. Work mm -hmm. was created pre-fall. Sure. So we're saying that you have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And whatever that purpose is, is going to be revealed to you. And he shows up in all kinds of ways. And so Michelle Schwant gave us a book 
uh, years ago called Row, Row, Row Your Boat. It was a little strange, but I <laughs> no, loved awesome. the story behind it is that the, the, the author is saying, if you row, 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 if you go down the river, the path, this river, God will lead you gently mm-hmm. down to where you're supposed yeah. to go. But if you got one foot on the shore, <laughs> one foot in the boat, mm-hmm. you're kind of going nowhere. And the other thing that book addressed is that God shows up in everything, even man-made stuff, even in secular stuff, um, that he is everywhere and of everything, and he will use whatever means he needs to get your attention. And so for me, he may want me to go into a certain path, and he will use all kinds of things to get me to be aware of that. And it's not necessarily manna falling from heaven. It's usually through somebody or something I've seen. We were talking off air about that and talking about miracles. Mm -hmm. Like God's constantly, those are miracles. If I guess we could call them miracles if, if uh, I'm driving down the street and, and I'm like, man, maybe I should change jobs. And then boom, I'm just, there's this bright light of knowledge that I'm supposed to go a certain direction, which just happened to me tons of times when I really, Mm -hmm. really stop and, and ask, um, that that's a miracle. That is a communication from God. Yeah. Right. And, um, so I had this experience recently. <laughs> I don't even know if I should talk about this. Okay, so I Uh-oh. read this book called uh, Illusions by Richard Bach. And, and it, it's just, it's a, it's a, was it fictional when it's fake? Is that what it is? Or non-fiction? Fiction. And he is teaching him that he can walk on water. That he can, like, God created you to be able to do these things. But one of them, he said, let's just start with something simple. Let's manifest, he uses the word manifest, let's manifest a blue feather. And so he tells you how to just kind of picture the blue feather and whatnot. Anyway, this is how it resonated with me. Logically, I can see a blue feather if I go outside. If I'm looking for a blue feather, one will appear. Because logically, there is a blue bird out there somewhere who's going to lose their feather, maybe on the ground. I'm just aware of it. I'm looking for it. And when... I decided to manifest this blue feather. The next day I told my mastermind group about it and this gentleman in the group said, hey, come by and see me at 1230 today. So I go by and see him and he hands me a blue and gold McCall feather. And I thought it was uh, the coolest thing ever. I was like, What's Dude. the first thing I said? First thing I said was, that's lame because- It's not manifesting. You, you didn't manifest you told that. Somebody you and he told gave you the a guy and he's like, ooh, I'm gonna help <laughs> her manifest it. She goes- I said, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter how it comes. Right. It's just that it comes yeah. logically it was gonna appear no matter what. I didn't know how, yeah. and that he, just cause he handed it to me, I keep that feather in my visor in my car to remind cool. me that if I'm looking for an answer, it will come, it will be yeah. there. That's a beautiful Logically. story. And you know, it kind of points to the fact that we need to redefine our definition of miracle. We're made to be interdependent. We're made to love our neighbor. And so if somebody brought you a blue feather, that in so many people's eyes diminishes the miracle. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, for if, if you if you were gonna write an autobiography about either one of y'all, you'd write an autobiography and you would pick the 10 or 15 or 20 greatest things you did. So these guys that were writing down the Bible, they couldn't write all the miracles down, so they wrote the greatest ones. And then we think, well, only miracles only happen when a bone's broke and they heal, heal, miraculously heals back together. You know, have you, ever, have you ever seen this little bitty, little bitty thing that you can hardly see? and it grows into a tree, and then it produces this fruit that I can take and I can eat, and it's satisfying and pleasing, not only to my taste, but to my body. Is that not a miracle? Yeah. We see it every day. These are miracles. Miracles happen all the time. Us being here is a miracle. God put us together. 
Things are miracles. Oh, we yeah, need to the redefine. timing of it. Let's just acknowledge that for a minute. Yeah. You're in Costa Rica. We're trying to figure out how we're going to do a remote yeah. guest for the first yeah. time. And we like, hey, Daryl, let's try to figure this yeah. out. And you're like, I'm going to be in I'll the be States in for three days. Yeah. And it happens to fall on a weekend that right. we have the availability to Amen. Record. And I think it comes down to also, we forget. We talk about God so much. And we use the word God and Jesus Christ. We forget that God is the creator of this universe. You know, they, they, they wanted the Hubble telescope to see as much as the sky of the sky as it could. So they shot it out like they zoned in or whatever, as far as it could go. And it could see one twenty-seven thousandth of the sky. Now, it obviously can't see that much, but this is our human minds calculating this number that's, you know, just nonsensical, yeah, but they said one twenty-seven thousand, yeah. right? And in that were ten million galaxies. <laughs> the that God talks to us, and we discount miracles. We discount that it's a miracle that that God loves us so much that He talks to us. Mm-hmm. I'm a normal guy. I'm not crazy. I'm just regular. I was a regular dude before God encountered you're me. You're kind of weird now. I'm weird. I love <laughs> it. You're regular. I'm not crazy. You're weird. <laughs> not crazy. It is weird. That yeah. God talks to me. Yeah. He That's talks awesome. to me and he talks to everybody else. He promises that he does. We yeah. just don't listen. So yeah, I mean, the blue feather is a matter of perception, right? Matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. I can look at that and say, That's not a miracle that guy did that. Or I can say, That guy loved you enough to do that. That's a miracle that guy loved you enough because you don't deserve <laughs> to be loved. That's right. Neither do I. Yeah. We're wretched people. Yeah. If you knew everything about me, you wouldn't love me. It's a miracle that you do because you know a lot about me. Three of us know enough about each other to not like each other. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. And aren't you glad we're not what we used to be? <laughs> yeah. That we're growing. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about that before on this podcast. If you think you know me because you knew me, you don't know mm. me. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. That's why Jesus said, you know, a prophet can't be honored in his hometown. Right? They knew him and they couldn't. We can't see the change that happens in people so often. And, and Jesus, Jesus, the Messiah, couldn't be honored in his hometown. Yeah. Even Jesus. So why would I expect for the people that knew me back then to recognize the change, the miracle that has changed? Yeah. So what is one word of advice that you would give people if they don't know what they're supposed to be doing with their life? Okay, but I got to go too. Okay. First, God is logical and reasonable. Everything points to the existence of God. Science proves there's God, and, and it's logical. I'm an analytical, analytical thinker, and you can't disprove God. And so if you think you can, talk to me. I'd love to talk to you because you can't. It takes much, much, much more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe that a creation had a creator. Mm-hmm. Creation had a creator. Science proves you can't create something from nothing. There, it just goes on and on and on. The universe is so fine-tuned, there must have been a creator with a mind to think these things up. Have you heard of a, a so there's a flagellum, right? And it's in a protozoa, there's a flagellum, and it's a, it's a little thing, and it moves this protozoa around. It has 40 parts to it. So what's that? What's that evolution, right? Evolution says that things evolve that are good for the species, right? So if I have this protozoa, I'm going to evolve one step at a time, but every step has to also be good for the protozoa. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. The flagellum can't op- has 40 distinct parts. It can only operate with all 40. There's also a law of diminishing complexity. So you can't take any of the 40 parts away and the flagellum work, which means that 
Because it doesn't benefit. Because it doesn't the benefit the protozoa. So evolution is debunked just with that. All 40 parts have to be together. Evolution didn't say the protozoa needs to move. Let me develop one part, which is going to help the second, which is going to help the third. And then you get to the 40th. The eyeball, you don't form a retina and then it says, oh, I need a cornea. I need a, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen. It only works as a whole. The law of diminishing complexity. Read about it. Yeah. It's true. It's just logical. It's, it's, and the next is, I think I'm going to go through. Yeah, you said two. The next <laughs> is God talks. So the Bible is, deserves to be accounted for. It deserves to be considered just for what it is. It was written over a thousand years with thousands of years of oral history before that by more than 40 men, maybe 50 or 60 men, over thousands of years. It's still widely publicated, uh, published, publicated, published, whatever. Sounds good. 2,000 years after, it's the most widely published book. We run to the self-help section, all the answers are in the Bible. So at least consider it because it's historical, it's accurate, it's firsthand accounts. The God of that Bible talks to you and he wants to direct you. He wants to teach you. He wants to guide you to a more full life because that God loves you so much that he died on the cross for your sins. If Christianity is true, for Christianity to be, for Christianity to be true, there has to have been a resurrection. That tomb was empty. Jesus caused a ruckus in the Roman Empire and with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes, like the Jewish religious leaders who had peace. They were going through a thing called the Pax Romana, 300 years of peace worldwide. This Roman Empire had soldiers that would, if they were disobedient, it was to their death. Jesus went to the tomb. When he was resurrected, Christianity exploded which threatened the Roman Empire and it threatened the Jews because the Jews did, many of the Jews didn't believe in him. All they had to do was produce a body and they couldn't do it. That proves there was no body because Jesus was resurrected. There were so it, many of them they could have found. They could, they have. could have found. Certainly the order was given to find a body because we need to put it into this Christianity thing. They couldn't find it. And... Generally, if somebody's resurrected from the dead, I'm going to listen to them. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So if we've got this creator of everything that ever was, is, and going to be that wants to speak to me, and it's reasonable and logical that he does speak to me, and he wants the best, most full life. He, he's not a dictator. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want to tell us things just for his pleasure, just so we have to sit around like we're grounded as a 15-year-old, right? We're not grounded. He knows that these things will lead to a fuller, happier life. If, and I promise you, I know that that God tells us how to move, how to step forward. He has a purpose from before we were ever thought of by our parents. He, has a pur he had a purpose for us. He created us in the womb with that purpose, for that purpose, and he continues to lay out that purpose before us. And like you said, that purpose changes as we grow because we're, we're sinners. Sometimes we miss that purpose. Sometimes we, we miss our, our destiny here. I feel certain that I was called to be a doctor and I disobeyed. And now he's passed on that destiny down my line, generationally, because I'm 45 
and he's got a different destiny for me now. That's how much God loves us. He's so graceful. So if anybody doesn't believe that, if anybody doesn't believe that, talk to me because I didn't believe it at one point. I had everything this world could offer. I didn't believe that and I was empty until that truth came a call, until I learned that truth. Okay, so if you want our listeners to reach out to you about this subject, yeah. it sounds like that's a real invitation. He's on Facebook, Daryl Wood. And you want yeah, an email? He's, he's mutual friends. Is it long-winded? Uh, I still have Daryl at HouseHuntersNB.com. You can get a hold of Melissa or Todd. I'm on Facebook, Daryl Wood. Messenger, I don't have a phone because I never know what, what country I'm going to be in. Yeah. But um, you'll check Messenger sometimes. Yeah, you check Messenger. Yeah, and that's going to be sporadic for the next few months while I'm oh, in Kenya. Yeah, but, Kenya yeah. but yes. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yes, pray. If you think I'm lying to you, oh, so here's a challenge. And then I'll, you were right about me being long with it. Here's a challenge. <laughs> you already preached once today. <laughs> here's a challenge. If you don't think God's real, pray to Him every day. Ask Him to reveal Himself. <laughs> By the end of it, won't take six months, but He will prove to you He's real. What do you have to lose if you're just praying up to the sky? Nothing. Give me, thir- give God 30 seconds of your life at night. Write it on the calendar. Make sure you remember. Pray to God. Hey, God, if you're up there, I don't believe you're up there, but if you're up there, reveal yourself because what does the Bible say? He will. He will. He's faithful. Mm-hmm. He will. Yeah. All right. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> One of the things that we do on this podcast as we wrap it up is we ask our guests to good gossip about somebody else yeah so so now you're on the spot because you forgot but um we need we'd like you to just share someone who you believe makes a huge impact in this world this town this or to you personally to you personally and just this is your chance to gossip about them and behind their back in a good way okay i'm gonna shameless plug real quick and then do that (laughs) why wham youth with a mission Discipleship training school, everybody should look into it. Everybody should do it. It's about a five or six month program. If you've got a kid and you're not necessarily wanting to send them off to college, send them to this. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful thing. Second, I think good gossip is is my daughter. I am her dad and I'm biased. But (laughs) for a 17-year-old to be so on fire for God, for a 17-year-old to give her life up and to turn, to truly repent, to confess and repent and be as transparent as she is about about the things she struggles with and to seek God with everything she's got is is both humbling and honoring and, and inspiring to me. And the other day for the first time, I was, I was having an issue. I didn't have an issue for the first time. <laughs> I had an issue. I, you know, I was pity. I, I, you know, I was feeling sorry for myself. And I said, God, what do I do? You know, I need to get out of this. What do I do? And he said, talk to Presley. <laughs> For the first time, he said, go to your daughter, your 17-year-old daughter. And you know what Presley did? She gave me a 15-minute sermon. And I sat there and listened to it. And I could see Holy Spirit working in her. It was just so beautiful. And I just sat there and cried. And I said, thank you, God, so much that you just shower us with your grace that I've got you know, that this person's on fire for God and was able to save me. Um, so yeah, Presley That's would, beautiful. no doubt, reach out to her. If you're, there's, you know, I said in my sermon today, fear is not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Being 17 year old is not, being 17 is not an excuse either. Yeah. When you reach the, reach the age of consent where you know who God is and you have the capacity to make that decision, 
there's heaven or hell. There's consequence. So if you're 17 and you're 18, 16, 15, 14, 13, if you're living out there and, and you think, well, I'm just going to live as a teen and whatever, there are consequences. And it's my job to tell you that there are consequences because there might be people out there that don't know mm-hmm. about heaven and hell. But I'm telling you, it's real and there are consequences. Whether you're 17, whether you're 47, 77, 12, 13. Amen. Right. Amen. I sat with her at lunch. She was awesome. She's, it's she's good amazing. to see her. She's amazing. Good to see her. She's amazing. She has the wisdom of, of, she surpassed me in her ability to communicate. The other day, we sat down at a meeting with a couple people. And I started it out as I should, I guess, being the dad and being older and being the, mm-hmm. you know, more educated. <laughs> and it was funny. I was, I was tripping over my own tongue. Presley took over and gave like a seven minute spiel about what we're trying to do. And it was so eloquent and beautiful. And afterwards I said, I remember when I beat my dad at basketball for the first time I was 12 and it broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I beat feeling. my dad. I know the feeling. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I knew Presley was going to pass me up. I knew she was. I just didn't know at the time. I didn't know it was going to be this early. I thought it'd be some years down the road. She's going to easily pass me up in her communication. The people she reaches, there's going to be thousands and tens of thousands of people that just flock to her and want, and want her, her wisdom, right? And I knew that was going to happen, and it happened that day. And so afterwards, I said, listen, I want to tell you something. You passed me up, and I'm proud. Don't ever feel ashamed. Don't ever feel guilty, because you now speak the truth of God more effectively, more efficiently, more proficiently, more beautifully than I can. Mm-hmm. So don't ever feel guilty for that because I'm proud of it. I would rather it be this way than the other way around. I don't want to be. So, yeah. Man, that was a long, good That process. was incredible. Sorry. No. Gosh, we could just sit and listen to you for hours. Yeah. But we don't I, have hours. We don't have hours. In fact, that's the end of this podcast. So, um, you know, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm so guys. excited to have you. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on you and, and we'll promote things that you're doing and, nice. um, and, and how people maybe, Presley may do a website. Uh, she was talking about she wants to do some videos and to give updates on what's going on in her world. Mm-hmm. And so once that happens, we can post that yeah, absolutely. on this episode. Yeah, we would love to. Yeah. All right, so that is it for the Good Gossip Podcast. If you uh, have not done so already, please like, subscribe, share. And if you know somebody who you'd like to have on the show, we would love to hear who that is. Let us know. <laughs>